Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Welcome to the story. Academy Days, Episode 54, Homeschool. London Pella stared at the stack of books on the dining room table of Ivy Hopkins' safe house. I didn't realize you'd brought those along, she said. Couldn't you have prioritized something else? Dad straightened the stack of textbooks. Your last year of high school is too important to neglect. You do want to graduate on time, don't you? Trust me, you want to graduate on time. Landon didn't look at the guy sitting at the head of the table. Generally speaking, she wasn't the awkward type. She just rolled with weird situations and found something to laugh about. But this... Yeah, London. After all, college is a whole new level, and you want to be ready. London didn't turn to look at the other guy speaking from the recliner in the living room either. Homeschool, with her dad for a teacher, and her classmates, Xavier Argine and Anatole, Anatole Giles Monet. Here we are. Mom bustled into the room and slid a platter of pastries into the center of the table. First days of school should always be celebrated. She set a bowl next to the pastries. And even though you'll have to spend more time inside now, you can still enjoy a bit of the sea. She repositioned a tiny seashell in the fairy beach garden she'd created. London slumped into a chair. Almond filling or peach, London? I'm not really hungry, London said, and flipped open her civics textbook. She should probably tackle this subject first, since Xavier had managed to flunk it twice, once during the school year and once during summer school. Xavier took two pastries and nudged his civics textbook aside. I wouldn't be in a big hurry if I were you. He took a bite and then pointed the pastry at the textbook, Reading that book is like chipping away at a cement block with a toothpick. What? Anatole came into the dining room and snagged a pastry. No way! Civics is foundational for understanding how our government works. You want to be a knowledgeable citizen, don't you? Xavier shrugged. It's so dry, man. Anatole grabbed Xavier's book and flipped to the table of contents. I remember this book. My gran used it when she homeschooled me. Looks like they made some updates, though. Not enough, Xavier said. It's still boring. Dad lowered his newspaper. Whoa, Xavier. Flunking for a third time is not an option in this classroom. Xavier spoke around a mouthful. Mr. Pella, you just told the whole class that I flunked. Isn't revealing grades against some kind of law, FERPA, or something? Dad rustled his newspaper. The current school administration is waiving such laws under the circumstances. London snorted, as if Xavier's shoddy academics were a secret from anybody. Xavier raised his hand. Excuse me, sir, but my classmate is laughing at me. London, please refrain. Dad said. Your classmate is very sensitive. (laughs) 
London smacked the civics books closed. Dad, can you just give me my assignment so I can get started? Dad folded the newspaper and laid it aside. Morning preliminaries first, London. London slumped back into her seat. Why was everybody taking the situation like it was normal? Just when she'd gotten used to and had accepted the safe house situation, this whole new weird dynamic had showed up on the front porch. She watched Xavier, Anatole, and Dad chat, all three taking another pastry from the breakfast tray. Anatole was going to spend his time writing some big thesis paper while she took her senior classes and shared civics instruction with Xavier. Dad was in his glory, all aglow with teacher Enis. Mom was thrilled to have more people to cook and bake for. At least, her voice was super bright as she bustled in and out with coffee and then juice and then sliced fruit. Actually, she was moving at a breakneck speed like a waitress on rollerblades at one of those outdoor diners. What was up with her? Miss Hopkins didn't seem to care that her house was more crowded than ever. She had just fixed up the mudroom off the kitchen with cots and disappeared to some place on the island when she wanted to be alone. Mr. Burgess had said that since the Pella's case was linked to Anatole's safety needs and Xavier's, and because Xavier was barely eighteen, the marshals had decided to settle the guys on the island, too. The details of it all was kind of sketchy. How did Xavier's connection to a gang called the Shrapnel connect to the Pella's case? And why did Anatole's place as one of the senator's staff members put him into danger? London pressed her lips together as Anatole and Dad started into some complicated discussion about government. How could life on a sunny island be more emotionally harrowing than normal teenage life back home? First, London had chafed against the isolation, then the uncertainty, and now sharing space with a guy who reminded her of a past she didn't want to dwell on, and another guy who was so insanely smart it made her question everything she wanted to say before she said it. Anatole could teach us, Xavier said. Man, you actually study this stuff full time? He thumped the civics textbook. Anatole shrugged, among other things. Xavier shook his head. And you were working for a senator? How old are you, anyway? Nineteen. I graduated from high school early and got a jump start on college. The internship with the senator came at the recommendation of one of my professors. Xavier leaned his elbows on the table. Are you a genius or something? Anatole shook his head, or something. I was pretty isolated from my middle and high school years. There wasn't much else to do but learn. Oh. Xavier rifled the page edges. Huh. London squirmed. Awkward. Done? Mom bustled into the room and collected a stack of dishes and the empty pastry tray. Snacks at 10.30. If you need me, I'll be repainting the porch furniture. She breezed out of the room. Study hard. Wow. She was full on 1950s wife today. She should probably be wearing a polka-dotted dress and high heels. Dad slowly lowered his glasses and stared after her. Well, I'll get a move on with my research. 
Anatole got up and went into the living room, where he had a laptop, books, and papers spread out on the coffee table. All right, class, Dad said. Open to the table of contents and let's discuss an overview of the textbook. London leaned on an elbow and stared at the list of topics. Her senior year of high school could not end fast enough. That afternoon, London settled onto the porch steps with the book report book Dad had assigned her for British literature. Jane Eyre, huh? She fluttered the pages. Long. The book was long. There were a few black and white illustrations sprinkled throughout, though. The screen door creaked, and London glanced over her shoulder. She stiffened as Xavier came out onto the porch. He went to the porch railing and stared out towards the ocean, hands in his pockets. London flipped a page, the words invisible behind the tension in her thoughts. It's pretty here. London nodded. Yeah. Xavier cleared his throat. I guess I'm lucky to have your dad to give me one last chance at graduating from high school. Yeah. London curled her toes against her flip-flops and turned another page. Look, I need to say something. Been wanting to say it for a while. Xavier turned towards her. London lowered the book and looked up at him. Xavier swallowed, the motion almost audible. I, uh, I'm sorry for, you know, how Chandler and I used to pressure you and Zoe about stuff. He wiped at a trickle of sweat on his face. I'm sorry. London stared. Xavier Argene was apologizing, admitting he'd done wrong? You changed my best friend. The words popped out of her mouth, and for the first time, London realized one of the main reasons she could hardly stand to be in the same room with Xavier Argene. Xavier stared at the porch floor. I... He shuffled, looked anywhere but at London, then met her eyes. I know, but I know, too, that she made choices of her own. London stiffened. Xavier held up a hand. I'm not making excuses, London, but you walked away from bad company. She could have, too. London stood up and marched down the porch steps. Don't try to shift the blame, Xavier. I I'm not. Honest, London. Sure. Her flip-flops snapped against her heels as she followed the sand and gravel path down towards the beach. She slumped onto a sun-bleached rock sticking up out of the sand. Ah, oh, brother, what a dramatic exit. Since when did she run away from anyone? since she couldn't stand the guy who had just apologized to her, since she couldn't wrap her mind around what forgiving him was supposed to feel like. Hey, you! Mom came tromping up the beach, a bag of seashells in one hand and a swatch of long grasses in the other. Aren't these gorgeous? She held out the foliage. I'm going to make a centerpiece for the mantle. She held up the bag. And look, sea glass! Five pieces, all in varying shades of blue. It's like a gift from God. He knows I like things to match. London quirked a smile. Nice. Mom shook the bag, rearranging its contents. You okay? 
London let out a slow breath. I need to think. Mom nodded. Okay, always a good thing. Usually a good thing. She waved the grasses. I'll be going along then. London towed something into view and picked up a white clamshell with a silky smooth pink interior. Here, she said. One more. Mom held out her bag, and London slipped the shell inside. She watched as Mom climbed the slope to the house. What was with all the flurry of activity? Pastries, fairy gardens, painting, and now a mantle swag? Someone got up off the porch steps and opened the front door for Mom, Xavier, acting all gentlemanlike. Yeah, right. London got up and headed for her spot, the secluded beach further up the island. If there was anything she'd discovered while living on this island, it was that talking to God helped clear her mind. She'd see if he had any answers for how to deal with this new thing. She took the scrub-lined path to the inlet where she and Mom liked to swim and plopped down onto the smooth, warm sand. She dug shells up as she thought, thought over the events of her freshman, sophomore, and junior years of high school. She had tossed the fourth shell into the water when a thought popped into her mind. The sea of God's forgetfulness. Is that what I'm doing, God? Trying to get it out of my mind? Trying to give it to you? It sounded like as good as an idea as any. One by one, London assigned a memory of bad choices, of doubt and anxiety and hurt, of caving or standing to a shell. She threw them into the rippled ocean that stretched to the horizon. Somehow, in the end, she was standing ankle-deep in the water with a handful of shells, tossing it all, giving it all to God. An hour later, as she came along the side of the house towards the front porch, she heard her dad's voice, then Xavier's. So, I'm sorry, Mr. Pella. I forgive you, Xavier, and I'm glad you're working through things. I wonder, though, have you talked all this over with God? London paused out of sight. Maybe she should go into the house through the kitchen door. I, I mean, don't I need to do all this first? Clean everything up? You know. I think it shows your sincerity, but if you're really ready to change, Xavier, God's ready for you, too. London eased back along the path to the kitchen door. Whoa, Xavier was getting real about all of this? Really real. She went upstairs to wash the sand off her legs and feet before padding back downstairs again. She paused at the front door. Should she go out there? Maybe Xavier and Dad were, like, praying or something. Her stomach growled. She'd eat a pastry first, work up her energy to go out there and tell Xavier that she'd forgiven him. How come your sister isn't here, too? London jumped. She turned to spot Anatole still parked behind his laptop and books. Had he only moved from that spot to eat lunch? Geneva? She's backpacking with her husband in Europe. Anatole squinted. Wow, I guess I didn't realize she was that old. She looked younger than you. You've seen Geneva. Where? Anatole cocked his head. At the senator's house? At the dinner? The same time I saw you and your mom and dad? Geneva wasn't. 
Oh no, that was my friend Lacey. We just both happened to have blonde hair. Oh, makes sense. You miss your friends? Sure. I hate that everybody is going on with life and having fun without me. When I get home, I'll probably find that somebody else has taken my place. London rolled her eyes. I'll have to make friends all over again. She tapped her chin, grinning. Maybe I'll start fresh with a new personality. Anatole leaned back in his seat, shy and quiet, probably. London laughed. Oh, yeah, I do quiet so well. She turned away. Time for one of those peach pastries. She was just shaking some of the coarse sugar off the top of the Danish when Anatole came into the kitchen, too. Does your mom always make such fantastic food? I mean, the bisque for lunch. It was like gourmet. London shrugged, peach sunshine filling her mouth. Even a couple days ago when Xavier and I first arrived, she came down and got us snacks. She's like, amazing. Apparently food was the way to Anatole's heart. Not that she was trying to figure that out, how to get to his heart, or anybody's heart. She swallowed. She enjoys cooking and decorating. It's her thing. Anatole leaned against the counter with a snack like he was settling in for a chat. He seemed nice, but this thing with Xavier was currently hanging over London's head, stealing the edges of her thoughts. So last summer, you still weren't sure about college. Have you made any decisions about that yet? They talked about her college plans? When? Um, no, I kind of got distracted when my life turned upside down and I can't even finish up at Easton Christian Academy with my classmates. Oh, that came out harsh. She smiled. I'll probably have to go to the University of Professor Pella and study history whether I like it or not. Anatole held up a finger. He's a good teacher. I heard him lecturing you and Xavier this morning, and he's going to mentor me on my thesis. I just don't care all that much about government, laws, history, timelines. London shrugged. Sorry. She popped the last bite of pastry into her mouth. So what do you care about then? Anatole asked. He turned to pour himself a cup of coffee. London washed her hands. Oh, my friends. I like to help my mom with her interior decorating jobs. I don't know. Antol swirled some cream into his coffee. Seems to me time on an island would be a good place to figure that out. He raised his mug in a toasting gesture and took a sip before ambling back out to his makeshift work area. Okay, whatever. London went out the back door and circled around to the porch. Xavier sat on the steps again, alone with his arms draped over his knees, his head bowed. London stood in the path at the foot of the stairs and looked up at him. Um, Xavier? He looked up, yeah? I... I'm ready to forgive you. I mean, I do forgive you. She held up her hands. We're not gonna be buddies, though. Xavier nodded. Was that a tear running down his face? He swiped his arm up and it was gone. Didn't think you'd ever say that, the forgive thing? 
London shuffled, little pebbles scraping the soles of her bare feet. God helped me. Did he? Xavier got up and came down the stairs. London sidestepped, keeping distance between them before she even thought about it. Xavier walked past her towards the shore. He was a few steps beyond her when he mumbled, I hope he can help me. Had he just said that? Xavier Argin. She watched him go, watched him walk on until he was standing like she had, his feet in the surf. He knew not to swim by himself, right? Maybe she should get Dad. What if Xavier was... She went towards the house. Dad leaned on the railing. He was watching Xavier, too. You're right to keep your distance, London, he said. I want you to, but thanks for giving that to him, your forgiveness. I think it proved something to him. What? That God is powerful. The in and out wash of waves crashed and faded over and over in the background as London joined her dad at the porch rail. Powerful, yes, but gentle too. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Academy Days. Thanks for coming back again and again for more of this story. Until next time, bye!